Well, welcome back to Work Minus, where we talk about what we need to drop from how we work and quick pivots you can make to get closer to a better future of work. Today, our guest is Henry Kaysner. He's the co-founder and managing principal at Sovereign's Capital, and this episode is Work Minus Faithless Benefits. Hi, Henry. How are you? Neil, I'm doing great. Thank you. What a great treat to be with you guys this morning. It is exciting to have you on. You are a man of diverse passions and, and lots of things going on. But today we want to talk about something very interesting to, I think, a lot of our listeners. So everyone's struggling with talent right now. We're trying to get the best people, trying to find a way to make our offices very attractive to people coming in. And there's all sorts of benefits, perks that are going out to different people. But one thing that many people may not have heard of is something you're an advocate for called corporate chaplaincy. So why don't you tell us about the first time you heard about this idea? Oh, good. Okay. So the first time I heard about corporate chaplaincy was probably uh, in a Bible study about a dozen years ago. Uh, A friend of mine from my neighborhood, a guy named Jay Harris, uh, was talking about corporate chaplaincy. And I think he was uh, a uh, customer. I think he may even have been on the local board of Corporate Chaplains of America. And he uh, suggested that we should have one at Bandwidth. And um, I hadn't heard of the concept before. And we were about 10 years into Bandwidth. And um, we thought uh, faith was a very important part of who we were. It, it was part of our foundational values, faith first, then family, then work, and then fitness. And uh, we we kind of hesitated and struggled with the idea of a chaplain. Chaplain felt like, well, maybe this is, you know, bringing an evangelist in the workforce. And, and uh, we had had a... Uh, We'd had a, uh, a kind of a fitness start with doing a Bible study, and it was uh, something we decided to stop doing early on because it created an us versus them type of environment and culture. So uh, when, when I heard about chaplaincy, I was intrigued by it, but my first reaction was, I don't know if that would be a great fit for us or not, but that was the first time about, about a dozen years ago. So let's jump into this us versus them thing, because when we talk about corporate chaplaincy, mostly we think of, okay, this is a, a Christian minister coming in to, to do all sorts of Christian things in the office. When you first introduce the idea of a corporate chaplain, how do you introduce that to your staff who might come from various different faith beliefs? Well, this was the big challenge, and this was one of the reasons why we didn't bring one on board for a while. So um, I had known about chaplaincy for about two years before we brought it on board. And uh, part of the reason for not doing that is because we just thought it was just going to be too over the top and it was going to be kind of almost creating a holy huddle within bandwidth. And we didn't want to do that. We wanted to make sure that everybody from a different faith background felt welcome. At the same time, we also want to make sure that everybody knew why we did what we did and that David and I were very seriously motivated by our Christian faith. And it was the why of who we were and what we did and doing business for the glory of God. And so we didn't do anything on it uh, for a couple of years. And then we finally decided to do something. And uh, one of our general managers came to us and said, listen, I think that uh, this is actually a lousy idea. I get the fact that you guys are motivated by your faith. Everybody around here knows it. But uh, I think it chaplains too much. And so that kind of sent us reeling a little bit, uh, if I'm candid, uh, for about a week and a half, two weeks. We, we thought about it. We prayed about it some more and then decided to do it anyway. Um, and uh, this gets to your question. The question is, well, so how'd you roll it out? Well, what we decided to do was to say, look, we've got like 25 different benefits, and we're very, very proud of the benefits package that we offer different people, or everybody rather, um, and uh, in, including among them is a, a benefit that if you have an adoption, if you adopt a child, you get $10,000 that goes to defray the cost of the adoption. But that doesn't mean that we pressure you to adopt a child. It's just an a la carte benefit that we offer. And so it was in that spirit that we rolled out chaplaincy. 
we said, I want, we want to introduce you to this guy named Jeff Brown. Jeff's going to be our chaplain. And uh, if you ever need a chaplain, you got one now. And he's going to be around. He's going to come around uh, and visit the office every second Friday morning and say hi to folks. And you never need to meet with Jeff. Um, but he's around if you need him. And uh, you can go get coffee with him. Uh, he's got a, an expense account to take, take you to lunch or take you to coffee if you ever want to talk to somebody. And uh, that's how we rolled it out. It was key that it was something that we weren't pressuring people to, that they knew they could opt into it. And that it was another one of the benefits that we had along with uh, a whole bunch of other ones. Well, tell us how it how it went. You know, you had it for several years. Um, what are some stories, some good stories, and then some also struggles that you had along the way? Well, I think the struggle is at the beginning part. There's some amount of awkwardness of this guy now just kind of walking around every second Friday morning for the first couple of months. And mm-hmm. um, some people were really welcoming and some people were probably a little bit on their guard. But Jeff is such a great guy. And of course, any chaplain coming from a place like Marketplace Chaplains or Corporate Chaplains of America are, are trained super well and understand some of the awkwardness at the beginning. But that was it. That was the only kind of challenging experience we ever had, uh, if it could be said that way. Uh, three or four months in, we had um, uh, the daughter of one of our key employees uh, was hurt very, very, very badly in a car crash. And then Jeff was on. Jeff was on in the emergency room, and he was loving on that family and loving on the coworkers. Unfortunately, the girl ended up dying in just a tragic situation. And he was there. He was there during every part of it. And it was done with such uh, class and dignity and respect and love that he earned the respect of all the employees. It's a big deal. Uh, fast forward another five or six months, and one of our employees died. I died during a lunch break uh, on a lunch run. And just really, really a tragic circumstance. And then again, he was on and he did such an incredible job, especially loving on the coworkers that were thinking about this 32 year old guy that had gone. And, um, and it was so much so that the guy that had come to us originally and said, listen, I don't think that this is a good idea, came back to us and said, you know what? I think Jeff is maxed out. I think we need another one. And it was just a beautiful turn of events because he saw how Jeff was able to love on people and to be able to really add value to the team. And any good manager, any good general manager understands that that uh, you need to love on your team and you need to really invest in culture. And it was really in the application of what Jeff did and how he loved on people uh, that made uh, this guy feel really comfortable in coming to us and saying, listen, we need more. Yeah, and I'm really intrigued by the timing of all this, just in our culture. You know, corporate chaplain is, is not a, a normal thing, but if you look around the rest of the culture, uh, a lot of times uh, young people aren't staying in the same job for a long time, you know, maybe five years, seven years at the most. So their friend group mixes up a lot. Uh, a lot of times they move away from parents. And a lot of times they're they're not active in any, any kind of faith community or anything like that. So it, in a lot of ways, people are much more isolated than maybe they were before. And whereas, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, people knew what that small town preacher was supposed to be doing and, and being at all the funerals and the weddings and, and someone to talk to. Now that role just isn't there in a lot of people's life. So do you feel like in some ways that this is kind of a, a resurgence of that role of, of someone to talk to in, the, in these hard times that's trusted? Yeah, I think it is a part of that. I think that, uh, of course, there's no substitute for a local church and a local faith community and people of all different generations. Uh, I think that we have a tendency to want to gravitate to just our friend or, or our peer group. 
um, because they get us and and they're they're reading the same things and they're watching the same things and processing the same things together, same age and stage. But uh, local church is is ex- still extremely important. Um, but yes, I do think that during uh, the particularly the the beginning part of somebody's career before they have a family and before they more naturally fit into the local church environment or seek that out, I think that a good start is to be able to have somebody to talk to that is accessible. And that is one of the places that a workplace chaplain comes in. And so um, they are able to do uh, all those functions and to be where the person is. We want to be able to love people where they are. And and we're now at work five or six days a week. And so to be able to have somebody who's accessible, who understands our workplace culture, understands the particular stresses. When we talk about needing to launch a product in three weeks, that person knows what product it is and knows who else is on that team. And to be able to pray specifically for that person's, uh, whatever that person is going through, I think is really valuable. I think it's really helpful. Uh, so it's just uh, somebody to talk to, to just begin just a process about like, what in the world is the meaning of life? And what am I doing? And why am I feeling this stress? And what's it all about anyway? Yeah. And now you, we talked a little bit about people coming from different faith backgrounds, understanding that that makes, let's let's talk to a business owner who, who doesn't come from a, a Christian background, comes from a Hindu, a Muslim, or, or just a, a non-religious faith aspect, but who still feels like, yeah, I, I can see where handling people's spiritual needs is is also something that's important to them. What kind of advice would you give to someone in that position? I think that we're coming to understand that it's important to take care of the whole person at work. And there are some great there's some great examples here from the world of sports. Pretty much every uh, major sports professional sports team has a chaplain. Uh, the Warriors do, and the Mavericks, and the Pacers, and everybody does. And I think it's a, a function of the fact that the general managers and the owners of these teams, they all understand that you need to be able to provide for four things for your team. You need to be able to, number one, and this is super important, of course, you need to be able to provide great vocational opportunities for the person on the team. If they're a basketball player, football player, they've got to be able to compete for a championship. If you're on a team and a business, you got to be able to work on really neat technology or, or innovation or be able to deliver a product and a service and delight your customer. The vocational red meat to chew on is extremely important. That's the biggest benefit that we'll ever provide our employees. God created us to be in work, to do work rather. And that's uh, that's just super important. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, we need to be able to pay people well. And uh, that's the financial part. But again, when people think about benefits, a lot of times they miss number one, how important that important meaningful work is. So meaningful work. Number two, pay people well. Number three, you got to take care of their health benefits. If you're a professional athlete, you need to be able to give them access to world-class trainers. If you are an employer, you need to be able to take care of them on the healthcare benefits side, extremely important. And number four thing that secular general managers and owners of sports teams have figured out is that you need to be able to take care of somebody's spiritual life. You need to be able to uh, give them somebody that they can talk to. Because if you get a 23-year-old who's up on the free throw line with 10 million people watching them, that person has got to be in a good spot. They got to be a good spot in their mind, in their soul, in their spirit. Now, uh, others have understood that that's a benefit that they need to be able to provide for 
for their employees. You know, sports teams are a pure play on human capital, but so are our businesses. We have people that are getting out there and going and slaying dragons and are going to battle every single day. And maybe there aren't 10 million people watching, but they're making important decisions about the rollout of a product or service or talking to a customer. And these are things that are super important for um, somebody to bring their whole selves to. So uh, if you are a uh, if you're a secular business owner, there are some great pragmatic reasons to roll out chaplaincy. Just follow them the model of sports GMs and owners. So let's talk a little uh, practicalities. When it comes to you know confidentiality, privacy is a big deal. How does that apply to corporate chaplains? Well, it's it's extremely important. Uh, we found that our uh, that Jeff Brown has been involved in involved in uh, saving marriages. Uh, one of, that was the, one of the biggest shocks for me was four or five months into Jeff's tenure at Bandwidth, finding out how many marriages were on the rocks. Shocked me. Uh, I thought I would have known. I thought I knew the employees and their wives really well. I knew all their names. I mean, they were all coming to the Christmas party, and I, and we wanted to make sure that we were uh, loving on our employees well. A big, big deal for us was being able to send our employees home at six o'clock so they could be home with their family. Families, the second part of our, our, our foundational values, faith first, then family, then work, and then fitness. Um, of course, all of these things are completely confidential. I have no idea whose marriages were saved. On occasion, we'd find somebody who would come to us and say, listen, I got to tell you that Jeff has been so instrumental in the way that I've seen life. And But um, uh, with those exceptions, it was completely confidential. And, and it was only because the employee volunteered that information. So all the other things that were going on, uh, we never knew a thing. And that's a big part of the chaplaincy model. And what are some other tips you can give to somebody who wants to create a safe space for someone to come in to make this chaplain, you know, seem like it's, it's a good option to kind of ease the burden of, of your employees to talk to them? What are some ways to kind of even that out and make a straight path? Well, I think the key thing, and we, we addressed this a little bit earlier, is, is just how it's presented. This is at your, this is an option. This is a benefit for you. And if you ever need somebody and want to talk to them, this is something uh, that I want you to be able to seek out. Here is Jeff's contact information. Here's his email. Here's his phone number. He's available 24-7 in the event of emergency. And then also, he's got an expense account. So if you want to meet him for breakfast someplace outside of the office, near where you live on the way to work or something like that, you've got that. You've got that ability. And uh, I think that creates something that's really safe. I think that people can understand that here's a guy who's accessible. And um, if I'm going to see a chaplain, then this isn't something that other people at the workplace are going to necessarily know. Uh, some people won't have a problem with it. Other people might. And so for them to know that there are multiple ways to access Jeff is really key. Let's close out with this idea of taking care of the spiritual person. You mean, you talked about that that's an essential job that an employer has. Uh, other than having a, a corporate chaplain, what are some other things that an employer can do to make sure that they're, they're caring not just for the physical side of somebody and for their financial side, but also for their spiritual side? Great question. Um, and I surely don't have the definitive list. And chaplaincy is surely not the, the, uh, the only answer. There's so many different things to being able to take care of somebody's spiritual health. Um, the first one, I think, is to make sure that the business owner is taking care of their own spiritual health. 
one of the things that a business owner runs into all the time is an identity problem. And you'll know that you've got an identity problem if you find yourself having some significant issues with anxiety at work. Anxiety betrays something. It betrays that something is wrong ultimately with our identity. It betrays that we're afraid of something. We're afraid of failure. When we come to understand that there's a guy who loves us and that we're his beloved child, and he actually doesn't need us for anything, he can take five fish, or sorry, five loaves and two fish and feed 5,000. He can create abundance out of nothing. So he doesn't need us to do well in our business. Uh, and we can't earn our own salvation. When we come to understand that and just really bask and seep in this doctrine of grace and how blessed we are, that's a big part toward our spiritual health that then spills over to our employees. Our employees want to see us do well. They want to see, and think of it as in a family, it's not too different. Uh, children are going to do well when their mother and their father are in a good place spiritually, physically, and health-wise. Um, and they look to that. They want to be able to see a steady rock. They want to be able to see a leader that is vulnerable and transparent, so uh, can betray the fact, you can talk about the fact that they're going through challenges from time to time. They want a real leader. And at the same time, they want to see one that is uh, stable. And that comes from us for a business owner. That really comes uh, from our personal relationship with God. So our own personal discipleship is number one. Number two, um, it's really important, I think, that we're praying for our employees. I think it's important that we're praying for them by name. Uh, I think it's important that we are able to respond to our employees that we see that are going through some level of crisis and to be able to ask them if we can pray for them. And that is universally well-received, by the way. I've never had an issue with that. We have an office in Jakarta, Indonesia. It's the largest Muslim city in the world. And we get to pray with Muslims when we find out that they're in the middle of crisis. And uh, again, universally well-received. That's a mistake I made. First 10 years at Bandwidth, I didn't pray with anybody who I didn't know shared my faith. And then somebody came in my office and said, look, I'm going to be late for work on Tuesday. Uh, my dad's got chemo. I'm going to take him, uh, I'm gonna take him to, to treatment. I said, you know, can I, can I pray for you and your dad? And uh, he said, yes. And I did. And he took it for me, um, loving him the best way I knew how. So a bunch of different things. That's an incomplete list. I love to hear from your audience about other things that they see as well. No, yeah, it's, it's a great concept. I think people are, I mean, generally moving that direction to recognizing, yeah, this, this is a part of, of it. And an employer can take a, a large role in, in, and helping people out and making sure that they are kind of whole as a person and taking care of them in that way. So this is a, it's a great idea. It's a great, great concept. I hope a lot of people can, can think about it and think about how in their own way they can address the spiritual needs of their employees that are there. Henry, how can people stay in touch with you? Oh, great question. Thanks for asking. Um, we have, um, we've created on the side a uh, a project that we're having a lot of fun with called Faith Driven Entrepreneur. A lot of it was born over the fact that uh, we have a, a, a fund called Sovereign's Capital that invests in faith driven entrepreneurs, but we can't invest in like 99 out of 100. And it's just, it's a great businesses. People really motivated by their faith, really great stories, but it's the a, an industry we don't know well, or it's a stage that's the wrong stage for us, or it's a or difficult geography or something like that. And so uh, we created a site with a daily blog a weekly podcast, and a monthly newsletter to encourage faith-driven entrepreneurs from around the world. And it's been a lot of fun. So that's a great way to, to stay in touch with us. And my contact information is on the site. You can reach out through us there. And um, yeah, thank you for asking. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, Henry, it's been great to have you on the show. We wish you the best and look forward to chatting again soon. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for your time and your interest. Really appreciate the time.